We should not, and I'm going to drag a phrase for my drill sergeant, we should never let the minimum be the maximum. Ever. We should never let the minimum be the maximum. Uh, employee are to respect their employer as they respect Christ. How many of us respect our employer like we respect Christ? Do we have a reverence for them? There is a, there's a time when you can't respect your employer. Well, I understand that. that, that, that that's exactly right. There are times. You, you know, do things like that. Uh -huh. and you can, there's a lot of difference whenever you've got somebody mm -hmm. that is supposed to be a Christian and it's not acting like right. That's exactly right. That's and exactly you get right. the Christians really in there, then you can tell the difference. Right. That's right. Um, but like, you know, here's the thing. A Christian is never supposed to be a doormat either. You know, we're supposed to be humble, and we're supposed to be this, but nowhere in this Bible does it tell us we're supposed to just let people run all over us. I mean, you, you, have the, you have the right to protect yourself and your family. And so, anyway, with that being said, uh, we're supposed to respect them like we respect, we respect Christ. Now, respect is something that's earned. It's not something you just demand. And so, if somebody's demanding respect, kind of tells you where they're at. You know, Christ didn't demand for us to follow. He told us to put it out there and we follow. And so uh, you don't have to come and tell your employee you're going to do this or else. You know, you can ask them to do something. Believe it or not, you know, there's an old country saying that you can catch more flies with sugar than you can with manure. And so, you know, uh, and the same thing goes forward in life. You can do a whole lot more being nice than you can being gruff. Uh, employees are to obey their employer from the heart. From the heart. Um, Colossians uh, 3, 22 to 24. Employees are to realize Christian employers are brethren beloved. Brethren beloved. If you are, if I am hired to work or a Christian, which I am, then they're my beloved. I mean, I, I show them love just like they show me, but at the same token, I have to do above and beyond because I'm doing it not only for my brothers and sisters in Christ, but I'm doing it for the Lord. And so I need to have a great heart about it, uh, and I need to love what I'm doing, and I need to love the folks that, are, that I'm doing it for uh, because they are the ones who... Uh, provide for my my living, my welfare. So no matter whether I'm doing it in a, in, in a vocational ministry job or whether I'm doing it in a secular job, I need to do it out of love. I need to love my job and do what I'm doing uh, with, a, with a humble heart and do it to the best of my ability. That's 1 Timothy 6 too. And, and also, employees are to please their masters in all things. Titus 2, uh, 9 and 10. We're to please our masters in all things. Today, you can't really do that. Because they think an employee or a corporation thinks they own you from the time you contract with them until the day you go in a grave or as long as you're on their payroll. They think they can control what you think, what you say, how you say, what you do, when you do, where you go, what you see. And that's not the case. It's not the case. I mean, it would be hard for me to work for a secular corporation today. 
because the, the history I have and the position I have, if I was to leave and go to work in a secular place, what I've already put on social media would probably get me canned or never even get me hired or and uh, And so, that's some of the things that, that's going on. That's some of the things that's coming, uh, that are already happening. So we're to please our masters in all things and realize that sometimes it's impossible, especially in the times we live in today. Employee, slave, will seek to do the will of God. We're to do God's will in whatever we are doing. Whatever our occupation is, whatever our, 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 um, uh, uh, we're tasked with, we're to seek God in all things. Uh, this is not just when the employer is watching. Remember what I said? You know, do we work harder when he's there or when he's gone? Uh, we're to do all to the glory of God. Now, I want you to catch this. This is in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. It says, we're to do all things to the glory of God. I'm going to pull Bill Clinton here. What is the definition of all? Of course, he used is. is what is the definition of all? All. It's not rocket science. We're to do all things to the glory of God. Everything that we do, when we sleep, should be to the glory of God. When we eat, should be to the glory of God. When we walk, it should be to the glory of God. When we talk, it should be to the glory of God. When we go to work, it should be to the glory of God. Everything, all things in our lives should be to the glory of God. That's a high calling. That is a high calling. When we read the Bible, it should be to the glory of God. When we study His Word, it should be to the glory of God. When, when we fellowship, our fellowship should be to the glory of God. When we make contracts with individuals, it should be to the glory of God. We are to work with reverence toward God. Now, if you get this opportunity and you feel like you need to tell your boss off sometimes, sometimes that thing do is just walk off. Because we're to work with reverence toward God. And that's Colossians 3.22. There's a lot of things that sometimes we would like to do that we can't. And if we, if we do, the main thing is that if we do, not only do we bring the shame upon ourselves and we think we glorify ourselves but, and justify ourselves, we probably can justify it, but we lose our testimony. And then when we lose our testimony, we bring a blur upon our favorite Jesus Christ. And it's hard to do. I mean, this life is not an easy walk. Nowhere in this book does it say it's easy. It just says it's going to be the burden of life. This is a walk. This is it. This walk out. And the walk is, there were slaves in that day. There were slaves. And Paul was saying here, and actually Craig Keener states it this way, slaves obey your master. Slave narratives do not show quotations of slaveholders do the same to slaves. He's reversing the narrative. He's reversing the order here. This is a time of slavery. You've got to go back a few years and put yourself in those booths for a minute and see that this was slavery and Paul is what? One of the first to do anti-slavery. To be anti-slavery in writing. He can get beheaded. Oh, I guess he did, didn't he? Yeah. So, the point is, Paul is turning this stuff upside down 
and he's saying this this question in the first century. Did they take Paul literal? Did they take him literally on this point? No. No, they didn't. But what Paul actually said expresses one of the most radically anti-slavery sentiments of his day. Paul equates us all to the same master in heaven. He's getting the household whole codes here in order. This is godly order within the household. This is godly order within the relationships. This is godly order. Look, you're not going to die obeying, working out your daily living and do it to the glory of God. Like you just said, Paul equates us all to the same master in heaven and so equates in practice the equality of slaves and masters in principle. And this is one of the things that we got to look at today. Are we slaves in our society today? We're dictated to do certain things. We're told we've got to follow the rules and things. Do those come in conflict? Do those come in conflict with our, our biblical commands, our biblical teachings? Do those come in time? And they do. Multiple times. We go and Paul will go off on this here in a few minutes. Do we take a stand? Take a stand. Look. You can't fight these battles against huge odds, but you can take a stand. Do we stand for Christ? And that's what's coming up. But in this slavery is such a black and white thing here. It's, it's, it's common sense to them in their day. But to us, it's black and white. And so it rings a different bell in our head as to what, what's going on here. It rings a bell that says, oh, that's wrong. He, Paul is, is not right in saying this stuff. Slaves will be your best. That's, that's slavery. I'm sure they're here. Yeah, yeah. Heard. but but they're completely opposite of where we are today with hearing that they should love. They should walk this out of love. And these things are changing. By the way, they're changing and there's no help here. There's no help from the government. There's no defense from anybody. They are fighting their own neighborhoods. They're fighting their own governments. They're fighting their own religious group, the huge religious Jewish group. They're fighting everybody. They're infighting. The persecution is from outside the church. And the heresy, the false teaching, the apostasy is fighting them from the inside. They are on fire. That's the best way you can put it. They are burning us. Craig Keener says these people are losing it. And Colossia, as you mentioned, has lost it. And Paul's writing to the Ephesians here, the whole Colossians impact and Colossians influence from coming to the borders of Ephesians. That's in the literature. It's all over the place. Colossians is pretty matter of fact. If you get a lot of quotes from that. In fact, Colossians is losing it. Losing that battle. But not Ephesians. Yet. At this moment in time, I mean, it goes back and forth. There's an yeah, 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 yeah. It's not long after that, uh, not too many years after that, uh, effort was destroyed. Mm -hmm. 
by earthquake. So, um, and so the next thing is, we're to live our lives, and we're talking about this, not just when the employer is watching. We're to live our lives to carry out the will of God. Now I'm going to read 1 Peter 4, 1 and 2. And this is going to put it in perspective for us. Therefore, since Christ suffered, uh, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he do know uh, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Now, we're to live our lives to carry out the will of God. We should be carrying out the will of God in everything we do. And I'm going to go down here and this is what uh, uh, MacArthur said about it. No longer should live for the lust of men. It says, if the goal of the Christian life uh, is the freedom from sin which comes at uh, death, then he should live the remainder of his life on earth, pursuing the holy will of God rather than the ungodly lust of the flesh. We spend our lives pursuing the will of God. We should spend our lives doing the will of God. Um, and so, uh, and so, this is what many do to please their employers. Uh, we're to avoid calling, uh, calling God and His doctrine to be blasphemy. Our attitude at our work can call can call God to be blasphemed because we are identified with Him. The moment we park in a church parking lot, the moment we are baptized and accept Christ, we are on display. We are on display, and, and we're to avoid if we're if we're doing if we're to live our lives to carry out the will of God, then we are to avoid causing God and His doctrine. To be blasphemed. And that's blasphemy the Lord. We don't have to say anything. Our actions can be a blasphemous act. The way we do our work, the way we conduct our business, the way we treat other people, it can be blasphemous. Uh, we are to adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. We're aware of the gospel of God in all things. We're to adorn it. The doctrine of God. We're to be wearing it daily. We were to wear it. We should be. We should be so wrapped in it that we could not separate from it. And that's Titus two ten. And this is uh, this is to be done as bond servants of Christ, not as employer or employee. We're to be doing it because Christ paid a price for us. We're to work to please the Lord, and He will reward us. The way we conduct ourselves on earth, doing our business, and, and doing our uh, daily chores, and working for others, whether we're an employer or an employee, uh, we work to please the Lord and we will be rewarded. We'll be rewarded for the way we treat other people. We'll be rewarded by the, for the way that we do what we're called to do. As a servant of the Lord, we are we're not to quarrel, but be gentle. with anybody really it's hard it's very hard not to argue 
And we do. Because we're fallen. And we should immediately stop and, and ask for forgiveness. This means doing the will of God from the, from the heart. Those who do the will of God are part of the family of Christ. That's something. Those who do the will of God are part of the family of Christ. Mark 3, 35. Remember, we preach thoroughly here. We talked about it in different Bible studies. We are a child of God. We have been adopted. We are brothers and sisters of Christ. We're children of God. He called us his children. We have a joint inheritance with Christ. We're not just orphans. We have been grafted into the line of God. And we need to understand that employees are to seek to understand the will of God. In Ephesians 5, 17, we talk about it. We need to understand and search for the will of God in all that we do. As employees or employers. Right. And it's like this light that we're using in this first part of 6. first part of 6 comes from chapter 5. Um, and it is goodness, righteousness, and truth. These are the three walks. We remember? We walk in goodness and in righteousness. We put on, uh, we follow what we're taught and we do truth. Well, out of that comes the other three, which is the last one is love. I can't remember. But as as you develop those three walks, the last being love, we are using an offensive position here. In the first part of six is offensive. Every bit of this is offensive. And get that uh, in black and white uh, against the last part of the chapter, which is strictly defense. This is offense. This is things we can do. The next one, the last part of six, you can't do anything. It's all defense. It's all what you learn from these three walks, and you will end up standing for who you are. You will be the Christian. But this first part is doing. You are doing it in love. You're doing it in a, the way you know what righteousness you've been taught. You are doing it in the goodness, the wholesome. Yeah, love your enemies. Don't, don't hate them. By the way, love your masters. Love each other, slave or master. But then that last part of this, you know, the walk is there, but they're not talking about hate. They're not talking about love. It, it will be a big contrast when we go past this household order, order on earth, and we go into the spiritual realm. We're going to leave the physical realm here shortly and go into the strictly into the spiritual realm. Different armament, different stand, a position. No longer is it offensive. But this is offensive. So this is real clearly offensive. Slaves and masters, love, do, be a Christian and walk in it. This is master. It, it says, brother, do not threaten them. It's a, it's a negative. Do not threaten, since you know that he who is, is both their master 
and yours, for in you is in heaven, and there is no favoritism. That's the flat structure. There's no favoritism with, with him. Oh, everything's flat. It's not the Roman social order. It's not the order of the day. It's not the worldly order. It's been flattened. It's between two people. It's relational. Just like Jesus becomes relational for us. And we have to be part of a relationship, not religion. It's not what we can do. Although, look at what we're aiming at doing here at the offensive. What are we doing this? Not to Christ. We're doing it as to Christ, but we're doing it to each other. When we do these things, we, we're disarming. We're disarming those who are resisting right. Christianity and also uh, the enemy. Employees, uh, we're to honor those in authority. It's hard for somebody to bring something against you when you're honoring them and what you do. Uh, those who do the will of God will abide forever. 1 John 2.17 Those who do the will of God will abide forever. We're just now getting to verse 7. We're, you know, employees will seek to serve the Lord. Verse 7. You know, we, we going on and says, with godly, with goodwill, doing service, ask to the Lord and not to men. So, employees will seek to serve the Lord. Employees will do this with goodwill. Employees are to do all things to the glory of God. We're going to talk about that earlier. Godly employees will do this with the, an attitude of service. We are to serve in the newest of the Spirit. Think about that. We are to serve in the newest of the Spirit. Doesn't the Bible tell us that we need to be renewing the Spirit? Constantly. We do that through prayer and supplication. We do that through obedience to God's Word. And so, it says, through the newness of the Spirit, Romans 7, 6. This includes serving both non-Christian and Christian. 1 Timothy 6, 2. Employees will do this to please the Lord and not just men. We're not just doing it to please our, our, our supervisors or our owners uh, or the companies we work for. We're not just doing it to get pay raises and promotions. We're doing it out of honor to God. Uh, we're to do this because we love the Lord. Employees to do this to please the Lord and not to admit. Employees are to do all they do to the Lord. So if I have to go in and clock in at 7 o'clock and I start my job, I could be doing that job as I'm honoring the Lord to the best of my ability. And when I clock out, that's exactly what I should be doing. Once I clock out, I should do the next phase as best as I can do it, as if I'm doing it for the Lord. We should do all things for the Lord. That's Colossians 3.23. Employees will look at the Lord for provision. Look for the Lord for provision. In 6.8, we get it, you know, uh, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will, be, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Who knows that whatever we're doing, we're going to receive a reward for it. Hopefully, when we get to heaven, we all wind up after the, our action of salvation goes through the fire of purification. We'll have a crown to lay at His feet. We have something to throw at the feet of Christ. And, and so this is what we're doing. That's where we're laying up our reward. Employees know that the Lord is observing all they do. Here's the kicker. 
all that we do. Once again, what is the definition of all? He knows what we're doing when we're sleeping. He knows what we're doing when we're working. He knows what we're doing when we're messing off. He knows what we're doing when we're playing around. He knows what we're doing and all things. And not only does He know what we're doing, He knows the motives and the mindset we have when we're doing it. See, He's aware of everything. <laughs> Somebody agrees. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's aware of everything. There's no place you can go where He's not. And if you have Christ living in you, the Holy Spirit can not be there. Nowhere you can escape Him. Those non-Christians who say He doesn't exist, He's all around them. He's with them. He's right there with them. Because there's nowhere He can be not. He's all places at all times. And so, it's hard for finite minds to wrap around. But we're to do whatever we do to the glory of God. The Lord observes uh, when we do good and suffer. He observes that. 1 Peter 2.20 The Lord will commend us before the Father. 1 Peter 2.20 also says that. We will be commended before the Father when we do good and suffer. Employees are to, to look to the Lord to reward us. Employees are to look to the Lord for the reward in Colossians 3.24. Employees will see Christ provide need as they honor Him. Have you ever been in the middle of something and needed and God provided? You don't know how it got there other than Him. You don't know where you, he, he provides. Because you've been obedient. It's not be obedient and you get this. It's be obedient. Be obedient. I mean, what did your mom and dad do? They didn't expect you to be obedient because they were going to give you this or not this, right? They expected you to be obedient, period. And they had a little thing that would, that would kind of keep you between the heads. You know, sometimes it was a belt, sometimes it was a switch, sometimes it was a black water, sometimes it was whatever mom had in her hand, sometimes it was a claw, the worst you ever made in plan. Or a cat at 18 steps. My mom didn't have one there. <laughs> Well, if she did, I got hit with it. I got hit with it. I got hit with a brush and sent to the hospital. So I don't know why. If she heard me say that, she would be a good right now. Uh, I had to get three stitches in a bridge of my nose. That was because I was disobedient. I'll tell you that story one day. I ain't going to do it. Most right of our generation gets that. And we uh, defend it before our parents, even though it hurt us at the time. Newer generation find that as a flaw or a failure on the part of their authority or their parents. That's why we say yes, sir, yes, ma'am. That's why we open doors and do things like that because we know, you know, that's why we don't talk back to our elders. We treat them with respect. And the reason is because it served us well. That, I mean, so we teachers could do that too. Do what? Teachers could make us smile. Oh, yeah. There was, there was nowhere where you wouldn't be in a third. If you got a spanking at school, you were going to get that more when you got home. One from mama and then one from dad. Now the kids don't get nothing but sticking in the corner. Yeah. You know, we're to look to the Lord for our words. Boys will see Christ provide need as they honor Him. We are to do this whether we are bond servant or free. Whether we are a slave master or a slave holder, or a slave 
doesn't matter whether we are engaged in contract work, hourly work, that's what it is. We're to do this whether we bond or free. This will change our attitude as we work. The man hires you to do a job, whatever that job is, whoever that man is. He pays you to do a job. And if he walks down and tells you, look, I need you to not do this, but to do this. Don't do that. You're the one who hired you. Remember, you're doing it for God. Do what he asks you to do. You're pleasing. Uh, the spirit-led employer will show respect to their employees. Uh, and show respect. Godly employers will also seek to serve our master, the Lord. At salvation, our sins are blotted out. Acts 3.19 tells us that. We've been talking about that in the Gospels all the way up. We know that the moment you come to Christ, you are forgiven. You have been redeemed. You are set free. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're free. What are the songs, the hymns we sing? Washed in the blood, pure as white. White as snow. Crimson blood cleanses us white as snow. For most of the time, if you see blood, think about that. If you see the blood, it stains you. But this blood from this man, from this God, cleanses you white as snow. That's amazing. Everything about that is amazing. Our master is in heaven. He is interceding for us. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit and Christ are interceding for us? Because we're accused by the devil. Right. He has access to the throne. And he can accuse us. And say, well, Roger did this and, and that. And that's wrong. And Jesus says, he's watching the blood. He's covered. He's been forgiven. Employers are to treat their employees fairly. That's where a lot of strife comes in because employers are to treat their employees fairly, and fairly is subjective unless you are a child of God. If you are a child of God, you're being influenced by the Holy Spirit, and you will treat everyone fairly. If you are not, then it is very subjective and turned upside down because you have no idea what fair is. You don't know what fair is until you've been redeemed. Because fair would mean that I would suffer the wrath of God because I deserve it. So I know what fair is. And so with that being said, uh, employers who are not fair, they're going to be good. Think about all the companies that didn't treat their employees fair and they're no longer available. They're no longer viable and they're not here. Just happened over the holidays. Big furniture company up in Winston and fired everybody and laid them off with a tweet, a text message, and an email. Didn't give them the 60-day notice, didn't give the town the 60-day notice as they accepted over and locked it out. Let them go back on a certain amount of time to get their personal items out of the plant and have it done. Done. Cut it down. Boarded it up. By the employer's not being fair, they're going to be good. They're going to stand before God and answer that. Now, whether they're Christian or not, I don't know. But they're going to they're going to answer for it because we're going to answer for the stuff that we do. Employers who are not fair will be good, 
The half brothers of Christ recognized him as Lord. James and Jude. James 1 and Jude 4. The half brothers of Christ eventually recognized him as Lord. Remember when they first time he preached in, 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 uh, in his home? They run him off. Yeah. Yeah. They run him out. He did not partner. Um, and so godly employers will not threaten. They will not threaten employers. Employers are not to treat others the way they want. Uh, employers are to treat others the way they want to be treated. They're not to threaten their employees. They're not they're not to cause strife. Like the Bible tells us about fathers, we're not to do what? Provoke our children. We're bringing them up in the well. We're not provoking. Employers are not to provoke their employees. Slave masters are not to provoke their slaves. Leaders of the country are not to provoke their citizens. It's not supposed to be. And they're going to be judged for that. Uh, uh, let's see here. Christ the Lord washed the feet of the disciples. John 13, 13 and 14. If the God of creation who took on flesh can humble himself to take the lowliest spot of a house servant and wash the feet of his disciples, what does that say for us? There should be nothing that we can be above doing for the kingdom of God. Nothing. That's a great example right there. And, Quite and we follow up on that he he says to them, um, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, he isn't seeing himself subservient in this moment at all. I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You also should wash one another's feet. Um, it's a teaching moment. It's very good. Christ gave the real example. By not threatening. He didn't threaten. He didn't threaten to leave Peter when he rejected him. He didn't threaten to leave his disciples. He didn't threaten anyone. And so employers should not threaten anyone. We should not be a threat to our employees. Godly employers will seek to please the Lord their master. Christ gave his disciples a great ministry. Master and employer should give their employee a great job to do and, and watch them do it. God does not show partiality in salvation. God does not show partiality in salvation. I'm not chasing that rabbit tonight. It's not the commonplace. But that statement right there is a profound statement. He does not show partiality in salvation. Christ does not show partiality when he rewards. Salvation is a reward of his giving and his doing to whom he pleases. Christ does not show partiality in whom he rewards. Godly masters will give what is just and fair. Master, Godly employees will give what is just and fair. Christ calls us to avoid all partiality. We're not to show partiality. We're not to treat somebody better than somebody else. We're to treat everybody equal. Not show market. 
Thank you. We ought to do it with our children. We shouldn't do it with our neighbors. We shouldn't do it with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We shouldn't do it at all. We shouldn't show part of God. Hard is not to do because that's our nature. Somebody does what we ask them to do when we ask them to do a court. We're going to love that. And you know what winds up happening? We load them up. We load them up because we don't feel like arguing with somebody else to get something done. That's what we do. And what happens? We wind up doing what? Driving them up. And so, that's what we need to do. We, we need to do all things in the Lord. We need to seek the Lord in all things and serve Him in all things. And that, in a nutshell, is this first little part, I think. Uh, yep. That, in a nutshell, is that little section. Um, and we're fixing to get into the next section, uh, which is the whole armor of God. And this is where we're getting into the spiritual side of the, of the battle. This is where we're getting into the spiritual side uh, of everything that we've talked about in our walk. You really, to be honest with you, can't put on the whole armor of God if you don't know how to honor God and seek God in all things. Every morning, that should be, you know, you get up, say your prayer, do your little diligence that you do with your personal stuff to go out the door. But before you step foot out the door, you need to put on the armor of God. Because you're going to meet it during the day, every day. And sometimes we forget to leave it up. We, we, we might put on some of it, but we don't put on all of it. And so it, it's a hard thing. Uh, it's a hard thing. I got a little statue in my office I was planning on bringing up when we got to this section that's the armor of God. And uh, I still might bring it to we're here now. Um, we got about, what, got about two or three minutes, maybe. By my watch, that, that was a little bit fast, so we're right at, uh, that clock says 9 o'clock, so we're right at 8 o'clock. Um, <laughs> we ought to save this for our next time we dive into this. Point. A little bit of historical offer. The uh, point is, Paul's still in prison, right? And he's looking at the guard. No doubt has this kind of armor on him. Uh, it, it's uncanny how he pulls all this together, but he is looking at the guard, and he's in the spiritual moment, this high and lofty thing, and you come down to the end of the Ephesians, and he goes uh, a whole lot like he did the mystery of God, and all of a sudden he suspends what he's talking about before he goes to the final greeting, and he talks about this armor of God, and he puts a a global perspective now in place. This is not, you know, Ephesians, Colossians. He goes out to the world. This is a world. This is a worldwide. This is humanity, uh, and the unseen realm of the demonic. And he contrasts it, and he begins to pull it together with this idea that be careful. Mm -hmm. You got things in. You got things lined up. You learned all this stuff in, in Ephesians from my brother. I'm not sure that's just all of what Christ has said too. But now, now, be careful because this is a. This isn't your. Master at work, you can slug in the nose and be offensive. This is all defensive. You, 
you are wearing the armor of God. Not your own. You're wearing the armor of God. So it's it's take a step back for a moment and and read this real differently in the light of you can't do anything and the devil's way more powerful than you and he's coming at you but he's already said Paul's always said God is one God is Jesus is in the right hand of God he's taken over all authority and yet in this last part you are facing you're facing the demonic with what you know to be true. The Word of God and the armament there that He's given you. You are to stand and not labor. And that is this whole last piece that are after this chapter 6. And it's amazing how poignant this is and how fragile we are and how strong we are as Robin said, in the unity of each other. The unity that we learn about. And in Christ, the mystery of being in Christ, we have the power at our disposal, not our power, and we can use it to stand. Any questions? Any comments? I got a comment made about this by uh, Tony called me. Jason's had a hard week medically this week. Okay. So they got they're gonna make appointments for him up at Duke. Okay. So we need to be a prayer. Okay. Okay. Jason. All right. Add add Jason to the Thank you.